You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Spark Influence Podcast, a faith-based leadership podcast where we explore spiritual growth, leadership development, and the art of influencing others positively at home and at work with Peter and Misty Phillip. We are so glad that you are here with us today. Peter, it is so good to be back on the mic with you after flying solo last week. We've been crazy busy traveling and back and forth the last several weeks. So I think this topic that we're going to talk about today fits right along with where we've been. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad to be back. Sorry you had to do it on your own. Well, and we missed a couple of weeks in there too, just because of our schedule. So today we're going to be diving in to the topic of syncing up in stress, where we're going to explore some strategies for managing our stress in the midst of, you know, as busy leaders and entrepreneurs and parents, and we're juggling all the things. And so how do we maintain our stress levels when that happens? Yeah, I mean, this is it's probably a relevant topic. And most of them seem to be, right? We just pluck them out of our life and let's make it and let's talk about it. But this one particularly, right? Because we each can be in our own lane and we're doing our own thing. And we make sure we date and we have date nights and that we, you know, come together as a family and do things. But it's really easy to let the what's happening in your world sort of make you become, you know, a bit myopic and you're just going to be, you're just going to run it, Right. And that, those stressors then make you not behave properly or you start lashing out or you're not giving the care and feeding and tenderness that you need to. And uh, it's really easy to go far down that road before you realize it. So there are definitely some practical things we can talk about that really help you make sure you keep that at bay. Yeah, I know that for me, this can be a, a really big problem. Whether it's a business decision that I have to make with the company, if it's a personal crisis, or just the daily grind, it can wear me out. I know that our listeners have probably felt the weight of stress in these circumstances too. And it's in these moments when it's crucial for us to to check in on ourselves and with one another. Oh yeah, 100%. So let's take, let's start off with the example that happened just recently, right? So I had to go visit a major client and uh, they were in DC and we went out of town and I was just going to fly solo and just do my thing. Plenty of work and plenty of activities to do while I was there. But then you had the opportunity to go to like a red carpet event for a movie premiere for the sound of freedom. And so you're like, Hey, I'm gonna come and, you know, hang out and we'll just sync up in there and then come home together. And so it was a great time and it was fun, but I was very, very busy. And you were out doing doing your thing and meeting with people and kind of you're always good about you know finding ways to do business in whatever town you're in because you know everybody but and so that turned that was a good trip but it was still wearying tiresome you know I wouldn't see you sometimes until I just came back to the hotel and it was like time to go to bed and get up in the morning go take off right so we were like ships in the night essentially even though we're in the same room and so the stressors of the day and we haven't we we spend a lot of time decompressing and syncing with each other. Like we always have 
our evening time and our morning time where we talk and we review our day and we plan out what's going to happen with each other. And so we have a lot of, I mean, that if, the, if the entire episode boils down to, it's just a lot of FaceTime with each other that we concerted, make a concerted effort to do that, right? Yeah, well, it wasn't even that, but we got home and then you had a Saturday crisis at work and I had had an event for one of my podcast hosts that I went to. And, and so that's the unexpected part. Yeah, right. I just expected to, we were really tired after the trip and well, when you get home, you always just want to kind of like, you get that release. Yeah, of like, we're homebodies. <sighs> like, yeah, I'm home. We're home. I decompress. Yeah. I didn't even unpack my suitcase. We're just like, okay, we're home. Let's, let's just relax and hang out with the kids and catch up and everything. And then I get woken up, you know, early Saturday morning with a client that has the massive breach. And I'm, I mean, it's a catastrophic. Well, event. and I, and I ran out the door and was gone to a ceremony, <laughs> yeah. uh, to an event all day. And yeah. then had to go to the grocery store cause we've been gone and dinner. And I mean, and then here we are on, on yeah. Sunday. Lost a day, right? I just sat in a chair from seven in the morning till nine at night, you know, on this, on a bridge. And, uh, and we lost that entire time we expected with each other. And you did the things, a lot of things we do together. Like we do a lot of grocery shopping together. It's our date time a lot of times, right? So you did had to go just kind of bang that out and get it done. And then you came home and did a bunch of cooking. And it was great, Laundry but we, the day just disappeared. The like the day yeah. evaporated. And that was our day normally we would sync up and have time together. Today felt like Saturday initially, but then it became like, wow, it's Monday already. And so we lost that. So without the concerted effort and the ability and time to, you know, we have to carve that out. These are extreme circumstances where I would not normally have to just, you know, be taken aside for, for an entire day because of a client activity on a Saturday. But, you know, that effort we make to find time to sync with each other and keep level set is such crucial and it's such a key because you can just get wrapped up in what you're doing and keep on moving. And then you realize it's been a week or two weeks and you've not come together as a couple. You've not had time out with each other. You've not had any, any time, right? Even if it's let's take a walk and hold hands and let's just talk, you know, and let's take a 30 minute walk. Like those kind of things are, if you don't do those things and if you're, if everything else stops you from doing those things, you've got a problem and you need to, you need to make some changes quickly. Absolutely. I think there's some additional strategies that we can implement that can help us to stay grounded in our faith and with our leadership principles that can aid us during the stressy times, right? So I think the there's a few I'd like to explore. I'd like to begin with a scripture from Psalm 4.1, and it says, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. I think prayer and meditation, meditating on the scriptures, spending uh, quiet time in reflection and prayer. I know for me, having that quiet time is just really important because if I hit the ground running and haven't had ample time to, it really wears on me. And so for me in particular, I know that that daily quiet time, prayer, all of that helps to keep the stress at bay. And it's also a great time for me to just get wisdom from the Lord and clarity, whether it's in prayer or in the scriptures. This practice allows me to to connect with God and, and to feel peace. So you're saying that you're a part of the couple's equation that we're talking about, and a good part of that for you is self-care. So the things you do for yourself that keep you 
able to be an active and engaged partner in the relationship. Yeah, and, right. and that's seek, seek first the kingdom of God and, then and I think a, a lot everything of, else. I think a lot flows. of people, particularly women, I think, have a hard time not feeling selfish about doing that, you know? it's I, I, I look at, here's a good analogy for you. You know I love analogies. So if you were to take, especially I think for women, because y'all, y'all have stressors and pressures that are, that are unique and different very often. So when we fly on a plane, what is the one thing they tell you? If we encounter an emergency and the air mask drops, you put your mask on first, then you help everybody else around you. Right. And so that equation works just as fine as what you're talking about. Like, yes, we need to come together and have an active participation as a couple. And we do, th- we have many things we do to make sure that we're open and communicating and, and supporting each other and engaged. But if you don't start with the self care first, you can't come as a full participant in that, in that, in that couple's equation. That's a really good point. So what are the things that you do for self-care that help you to be the best man that you can be, the best father, the best husband, to show up fully at your job and to juggle all of those things? I'm I'm an avid reader. Like I read hours and hours of whether it's news or technical information or just whatever, like just, you know, side topics and things that I enjoy. That, that feeds me a lot because like I can throw my mind into what I'm doing and it pulls that off. And I have great satisfaction with those the hobbies that, you know, that, that are particular to me. I mean, you know, I get fed a lot by getting to smoke food for the whole family, right? That's a huge thing for me. And I am fed by just being with my family. Like you and I can sit on the couch and just talk about almost nothing for hours. Like it's great, right? That's this is why I'm in the world. Like I'm not, I'm not here because I need to have a particular, there are things that I love to do, whether we're going to play pool together, we just go swim in the pool and hang out. All those kind of activities, the the leisure activities that are important and, and kind of help feed that. But if I'm not reading and consuming and trying to grow my mind and grow my knowledge, A, I stagnate in my career really quickly. And B, I, 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 I don't have, I don't have that satisfaction. Like my mind needs new things all the time. It's got to have something I got to keep feeding it. It's a voracious machine that wants new stuff always. So I got to feed it. And I enjoy that. I mean, that's fun to me, right? I, I can, I can drive great pleasure from a, from a book or from a movie that we can share together or just conversation speculation. I spend, I spend time. I don't like the term anymore. It's more like casting my mind, but daydreaming essentially where I can let my brain go and I let it think about things and, Sometimes I have to let it work on problems I have or things I'm trying to solve. Oftentimes you will say, I got to let my brain work on that. Yeah. So so for me, when something like that happens, I like to actually do something. So I like to, to do something that's a creative project. I like to work in the home, you know, sew something, make something, yeah. redecorate, like redecorate a lot. <laughs> well, it's just move all the furniture around. Well, that's, I haven't yeah. done that in a while, but I, I like to, to feather my nest. Like that is something that when I do that, it sort of helps me to let go of, of whatever. Yeah, engage the here and now conscious mind. So your subconscious can sort these things out. Right. Right. It's a really, it's a powerful engagement. It's just like dreams, right? I love to analyze my dreams and I dream a lot and I dream really are very vividly, right? So realistic with fully with smells and feels and touch and the whole nine yards, right? I, I, it's very, very graphic about my dreams. 
in a, in a, in a realism sense and trying to figure that out and what that looks like, you know, and all of that, all of, so if, if you take that payload of everything we just talked about and you kind of examine that for yourself as a listener and you're like, that doesn't really, that's not what I do. There are things you should identify and understand that you do that help either your mind to rest or help you to come together as a couple. If you don't, then you need to start consciously analyzing what those things could be. It could, there's a, so many things you could do or may do already that you don't realize it's what feeds you as a couple. It's how you help each other because the thing you do in a crisis or when things and the stress is really high, whether you're short on money or there's been a disaster or there's been a death in the family or someone's gotten a horrible diagnosis or whatever that thing is, how you come together will probably most likely be how you would normally come together when it was not the stressful time. Like it may be, we need to go out to a restaurant and eat and talk like, or we need to take a walk in the woods and we need to be with each other, or we just need to sit on the couch and hold hands. Like those things know what those things are that help you reduce that stress, right? It could be golf. I mean, I don't know, whatever, whatever the thing is, right? Like you've got to, you've got to identify that and be conscious of it because when it, when it happens, not if, but when that stressor happens, you've got to be able to coordinate with each other and say, I'm not going to let this override me and take over. And, and cause the strife and riff, you've got to be able to come together with it. I completely agree. But sometimes I think for some people, even relying on a, a greater community just outside of your couple or family relationship, it might be people in your church community, it could be business colleagues, friends, you know, sometimes it, it, it helps me to process some of my problems with my friends as opposed to bombarding you with every little thought or, or that I have. it's different, right? right? I mean, yeah, you don't have to. It, um, we, we say that I mean, the topic for this is as a couple, but that you can loosely interpret that as if you're single and it's a really good friend or it's a parent or relative or, you know, even, even a, your offspring, whoever that is. So very often there are times when I'm like, you need to call so-and-so call your girlfriend like and talk to her about it because there's a different dynamic there right and right and, and that I, was the point that I was alluding to that sometimes we share our burdens with others or we seek advice or we just have a listening ear that can provide that perspective that we need because talking to one of my girlfriends is going to give me a different perspective than talking to you and they're both needed. And sometimes I just don't need to bother you with every little thing because women, we have lots of words. Amen. But, <laughs> but I mean, it is that space where you can go and let your, let the barriers drop a little bit and talk to someone honestly and engage in, and expect honesty back. And typically that is a very intimate relationship. So you default to a spouse or a significant other or a really close relative, but it can be friends. Friends can be closer than relatives sometimes, right? You can have a better relationship. And, and, and if they're going to be honest and help you and really want to lift you up and help you with whatever it is you're going through, there's a big camaraderie there that you're going to help. You can, cause you're going to end up helping them as well because we all want to help someone. Being helpful is an important concept uh, for humans and we want to be that way. And so when you get to be that way to someone, it's very uplifting for you. It's a two way street in the end. So, yeah. Yeah, so th that's a, a great point. In Proverbs 18, 24, it talks about a friend that can stick closer than a brother. So definitely there's times when our friends can can be 
that for us. But I also think a lot of times stress comes from worrying about things that we can't control, especially future outcomes of things. And it's hard sometimes to stay in the moment when, you know, especially if you like to control things or plan things like I do, that can be that can be difficult to manage that stress. And the Lord wants us to cast our cares on him. But we also need to find practical ways of relieving that stress, whether it's through communication, through our friends. For me, I know that exercise is another important part of that self-care, making sure that I get enough rest because the world is a lot heavier, weighs heavier on me when I'm tired. I think that the enemy knows that we're exhausted and, you know, can attack us during those times. So finding ways to let go of stress, breaking down really large projects into like smaller tasks for me can be really helpful instead of looking at the whole big picture and like freaking out. And you're really good about saying, just do this and this and, you know, helping me break that down. Yeah. The SEALs have that saying, right? Work the problem. Like just identify what it is and just work it. And if it's small steps and it's little pieces, it's very... It's the old, uh, how do you eat an elephant adage, right? One bite at a time. So you don't have to try to consume the whole thing at once. Our problems are very often that way. But, I mean, to your point, we can, if, we, if we examine the totality of an issue, it can seem just massively overwhelming. Like, I was just diagnosed with cancer. So all my mind thinks of is, A, am I going to die? B, I have to have radiation. I'm going to have chemo. It's going to take months. I'll probably have surgery. Like, can you just, if you absorb all of that at once and you try to put your arms around that, it's, you're not going to, you're not going to, you can't do that. It's too much. It's, it's too much for anybody, right? So you examine it as, okay, okay, this is the diagnosis. How are we going to do, how are we going to handle this? What do first? we do today? What do we do today? What do we do tomorrow? And I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray with my family. I'm going to pray with my church. I'm going to go you know, get a second opinion. I'm going to understand what this problem is. I'm going to learn all I can about it. I'm going to learn how to treat it. I'm going to make sure I'm healthy. I'll make sure I'm sleeping, make sure I'm exercising all the things I can do to help. And if you just take it, take it in that, in those chunks, whatever that problem is, however grave it or how minor it is, if you always absorb it in a way that you can absorb it, not, not from a, a totality of the issue standpoint, but just little pieces of it, then you'll work through it really rapidly and you'll realize, wow, okay, I got through that. That was that was not terrible at all. I'm on the other side. And you're stronger and you're wiser and you're more stable about it, right? So the next time you have another event come up, you could say, you know what? I know how to get through this. I can do this the same way. It's really important if you're in couples because a lot of times really large monumental things that occur just rip people apart. But they really only get ripped if they never had a foundation in the first place, Right. Right. But also I would say that like you're really good of letting certain things go. You can compartmentalize your mind in ways where it things don't bother you, you don't think about it, or just even like there's nothing that I can do to control this situation. Like, for example, when you lost lost your job a while ago and you were like, I'm not going to worry. God's got us because there's nothing like I'm going to work and, and do the thing that I know that I need to do, but I can only do what I can do. And then there's a there's a part of letting go. And I think that for me, that is something that I struggle with because I tend to hold on to things and um, really have to make that conscious effort 
to let go of things, which is so great about our relationship because you can say, why are you letting that bother you? That, that you know, that's over. You don't need to think about that or let that go and just think about what the things that you can where you can affect change, where you can do something about it. And I think that, you know, understanding where we let go of things and and then where we work, like there's some things that we do need to work the problem, right? We just work the problem, we do what's next. And there's other times we got to let go of things that are outside of our control. Yes. You know, what I'll do another analogy because I do analogies quite a bit. Faith is... Untested faith is is not really worth its salt, right? You can say and claim faith, but if you're never tested on that faith, do you really have faith? Or it's easy to say, right? It's easy to say, well, absolutely, I'm fully faithful, I fully believe, but you've never been tested. Then do you really? Because when people get dark and get low, they either curse God and get mad, and why did you do this to me? Or they say, Lord, I know you've got me and you're going to take me through this. One of those is faith and one of those is not. Right? We've had plenty of, of opportunities yes, in our have, relationship have, yeah, have. to be We are Damascus tested. steel now. As we've been. <laughs> but I, I think about, the, I think about uh, Indiana Jones, the Holy Grail, when he is trying to go through the maze and, and, and get to the grail. And there's this chasm, right? And it's this huge giant chasm. And the only way he can get through it is the the riddle is like the uh, it's by faith or something I can't remember what the actual line was, but he he believes strongly enough that it's a chasm, but he believes God's going to deliver him, so he just steps into the into the abyss, and then he's standing on a bridge, and he did the bridge wasn't there the second before, but it is now, right? That I mean that's a superb analogy, right? Faith is us saying God, I know you this is catastrophic, there's no way out of this, but I believe in you, and you've got me. The answer may not be what you want it to be all the time, but but the proof is that you believe he has good for you, whether that good is taking you home, whether that good is curing you, or whatever that outcome might be. The faith is the different. That, that's where that, that tested faith, which will reflect in your couples and your life, like all the way through, right? If that makes sense. Absolutely. So, friends, I want to just encourage you to stay synced up with yourself by by giving yourself self-care, coming into your relationship with your spouse or your family members or even your coworkers if you're not married. And this requires you to exercise your faith and to have patience and to let go of your anxiety and your stress, knowing you don't have to have all of the answers, but keep striving, keep the faith and stand strong. Amen.